your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max, a deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. On this snowy evening, thanks for joining me. I am excited about the show. You get to hear and experience culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. We call it What's on Tap. I am Sandy Max, and on the show tonight, snow is finally here. There are a lot of people in Wisconsin who are ready to have fun in it. And Granite Peak General Manager Greg Fisher is going to join us to update us on how to make the most of the snow on the slopes in our state. But right now on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, please welcome on Milwaukee pop culture editor and film critic Matt Miller. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm staying warm. I am making soup. I am doing wonderful. (laughs) And this is good streaming and viewing weather for sure. It is perfect streaming weather. If there are some Oscar nominees or some movies that you want to catch up on on the past year that you weren't able to get to, I think now tonight is a perfect time unless, you know, you got a shovel, which in that case, it's an even better time. Put that off until tomorrow. (laughs) Indeed. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the Golden Globe Awards because this is the first chance I've had to kind of think about it, talk about it, uh, about my takeaways. But there was breaking news in the local art scene today with the abrupt resignation of Milwaukee Film CEO Jonathan Jackson. And it seems to be on good terms, just a new chapter. But this is kind of seismic in our art scene. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee, Jonathan Jackson has basically been with Milwaukee Film and the Milwaukee Film Festival since its beginnings in 2008. And technically even further back than that, he worked with Milwaukee International Film Festival before Milwaukee Film uh, so, yeah, the, the film festival really was kind of a, a Jonathan Jackson. You know, he was one of the kind of brains behind it, and he was one of the key people who made it what it was. And what it is, is one of the largest regional festivals in the country. It's not a premier festival like, you know, Toronto or New York or Sundance or Telluride. But for what it does, it is a massive and immaculately important cultural touchstone here in the city because, I mean, a lot of the movies the Milwaukee Film Festival brings in and that Milwaukee Film brings in through the Oriental since they purchased, uh, since they took over control of that in 2018, uh, a lot of those movies wouldn't be coming to Wisconsin or at least certainly to Milwaukee otherwise. So as a movie fan, I, I cannot thank him enough for what he did over the past 15, 16 years helping to bring a a lot of movies that otherwise would totally have bypassed Milwaukee over these past years. And his leadership certainly during the pandemic has to be commended, but he was visionary before that by acquiring the lease for the Oriental Theater. And with 2020 happening, that was a real chance for him to get the support of some real generous benefactors in our city to really preserve such a beautiful historic landmark in our city. And the pivot that they did during the pandemic was really impressive. A lot of festivals weren't able to pull off the kind of, you know, tightrope act that Milwaukee Film did, where, you know, they were able to still have a festival the year of the pandemic. And yes, it was virtual and not in person, but at least it was something, at least it was something to keep Milwaukee Film and the festival going and in the spotlight and still being able to put films both local and national in front of people's faces uh and obviously now they've they've gone we've gone back to to normal now in terms of you know screenings but 
I don't know if that's the same. A lot of film festivals had to really recalibrate after 2020 because, I mean, in in the case of a lot of them, they had to just completely cancel based on the timing. Um, And thankfully, they didn't have to do that. And they found a really great way to still bring things to people during those very strange times. And I think he's certainly built a legacy. I, I think a lot of us are surprised and disappointed by this news just in that he was such a passionate leader and has such a passion for film, I'm sure that that hasn't gone away inside him. So I'm very interested to find out where he goes after his leave of absence. But I think Milwaukee Film, in already naming an interim CEO in Ann Reed, who's uh, the president and CEO of the Wisconsin Humane, Humane Society in the past, but they're already moving forward. They've got their film festival coming up in April. Um, I feel like he's left a strong foundation and, a, and an organization that shares that passion and commitment to growing the film business and culture here. Absolutely. And I'm not scared for Milwaukee film whatsoever. Uh, I I do think losing Jonathan Jackson, you know, you're never, it's never good. You know, it's kind of like when Devontae Adams would be hurt on the Packers back in the day, like the team (laughs) is still good, but boy, you you do like having Devontae Adams around. Um, I appreciate that analogy. That's good. Yeah. So I I think it is, you know, I'm not going to say it's concerning, but considering the kind of tough year movie theaters had in 2023 with, you know, the downer closing and several Marcus locations closing, it does. And and this year is expected to be a tough year for movie theaters as well, considering, you know, dealing with the aftermath of the strikes and missing kind of, you know, the, the big kind of blockbusters that were originally slated for this year. You know, any any kind of shift or change in the film theatrical landscape always puts me a little bit on edge because change uh, is scary. But I, I do think they're in good hands, and I do think they're, they're going to have an exciting year to come because, you know, uh, it, there, there's a lot of things that could happen in the city, and I'm excited to see what those could be. I'm glad we're both optimistic that we're that we've both been part of Milwaukee Film. Hey, I'm a card carrying member. I'm proud proud to have that stuck in my wallet. So I'm glad that uh, in your experience and in mine that we both are optimistic about the future of Milwaukee Film and both uh, curious to see what Jonathan Jackson does next. So moving on from film news, uh, Matt, I want to talk to you more about movies and also get your takeaways from the Golden Globes, good and bad. And I also want to talk with you about Appleton native Willem Dafoe's big week so far. So, yeah, he's had a huge one. And more week, big weeks to come, I would imagine. I hope so. So uh, stay with us. I'm Sandy Max on Milwaukee's Matt Miller. Stay with us next on News Radio 620 WTMJ. And I am joined on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline by on Milwaukee pop culture editor and film critic Matt Miller. And Matt, I know you recognize this music. Yeah. So some of the best opening credits music out there right now when it comes to TV shows. That is the Succession theme song. And Succession was, I would say, a big winner at the Golden Globe Awards on Sunday night. Who could have guessed? Everyone. The answer is everyone could have guessed. To cap off their, their final season, sure. But do you think, in your opinion, that it was deserved Absolutely. I mean, in part just because it is a cultural, it was a cultural moment. And I think after Game of Thrones kind of went away, or I know there's the spinoff, but that's not the same cultural touchdown. But there was this feeling of where is the water cooler TV going to be? Is Game of Thrones going to be the end of that kind of, you know, everyone watches a show at the same time and comes together Monday morning is like, wow, can you believe what happened? And 
Secession ended up being that new show uh, that kind of took over that mantle, and especially in that final season. Yeah, I, I was not surprised that Secession uh, totally dominated the night. And, you know, like I said, very much earned, you know. Beef and the bear. I feel <laughs> like it was... Nice for beef. Exactly. Nice for beef, both emotional and Italian. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Were you... Aware, I had no idea about beef. That's one of the things I like about Golden Globes is, okay, it, it, it tunes me into things that, you know, there's just so many things to stream and watch. So can you tell us about beef in one sentence? Yes, it is about a road rage gone wild, essentially, with Ali Wong and Stephen Yun from Minari and from The Walking Dead. Ali Wong, stand-up comedian who also does some acting, uh, Always Be My Maybe as well. Yeah, this is a Netflix show that premiered, I believe, early last year, uh, produced by A24, uh, aired on Netflix as a streamer. Yeah, great reviews. I'm kind of surprised that it kind of held on as well as it did, because oftentimes with awards season, it's whatever the shiny new object is that gets a lot of the awards and a lot of the attention. Uh, But in the case here, Beef was able to hold on. And then you've got The Bear, which, again, another kind of big cultural move uh, uh, TV show there that people really loved and really, really appreciated over the last two seasons have become really attached to the characters and to the actors. So the Golden Globes, more so than maybe any other award show, care a lot about the popularity and about the kind of like crowning the, the stars of the moment. Uh, they're very much about the celebrity factor of awards shows. So it would make sense that they would really want to anoint the bear as their kind of show of this moment. I think what maybe was a little surprising was how hard Ted Lasso fell off. I don't believe it won anything at the Golden Globes, certainly not during the, the main show. No, you're right. You're right. And you talk about pop culture, You had the queen of pop culture at the Golden Globe Awards, and I still don't know if it boosted uh, viewership, Taylor Swift being there, you know? It did do better in the ratings, though. It couldn't have done much worse than last year. The the weird thing with the Golden Globes is that I don't think anyone knows what they're here for anymore, you know? I mean, back in the day, they were kind of a fun, silly way to kind of get the awards season started and, and, and all of that. And now they've gone through these controversies and they've gone through all of this kind of realignment and changing. They are no longer the Hollywood foreign press. Well, no one seems to still know who's giving away the Golden Globes. What it surely isn't is anyone who is going to give away Oscars, so it's not really a good, accurate precursor for who's going to win in a few months. And so I I think everyone's kind of in this place of like, well, well, what did the Golden Globes do? I mean, (laughs) the SAG Awards and the WGA Awards and even the Critics' Choice Awards have some cachet in that, you know, in the case of the Screen Actors Guild Awards, that is literally a body of people who is going to be a part of the Oscar vote with the Critics' Choice Awards. These are people who guide the cultural conversation for much of the year. With the Golden Globes, it's a few dozen, handful of dozens of people. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's this kind of feeling of, you know, what, what, what does this do? What does this mean? So we can talk about, you know, Oppenheimer had a big night. But it's not like any of these votes are going to potentially translate to the Oscars. The only thing you can say is that, you know, it's, it's really good to win. It's really good to look like a winner and to be able to take the stage and build momentum. Momentum is good. And Oppenheimer has that. And movies like Barbie and Maestro do not. So, yeah, right now, that's, that's the takeaway is 
Oppenheimer's doing great, and the Golden Globes technically exist, I guess. <laughs> and bless Joe Coy, the comedian, but I don't know that it boosted his career either. No, anyone asking who he was before Sunday night ceremony was certainly uh, wishing they didn't have an answer to that one. <laughs> um, I, I feel bad for him because it is a thankless job hosting award shows. You know, it's it's really hard. And even when you do it well, people think you do a bad job. It, it, it's a tough job. It's a tough gig. I think the Taylor Swift being a little smirky about his one joke about her was a little bit like, come on, Taylor, take a joke. You yeah, know? it wasn't it, a it biting wasn't, joke. Yeah, the, No, and it wasn't even a joke about her. It was a joke about how events focus on her so much. But, yeah, I, yeah, he, he didn't do great. Uh, I, I know he said he'd be fine coming back to do another award show. I don't think he has to worry about too many people asking. <laughs> I think you're right. And it was a delight to see two Wisconsin actors at the Golden Globe Awards. If you missed it, Matt and I will fill you in next on WTMJ. It's What's on Tap. Thank you for tuning in. What's on tap? You get to experience culture and creativity from Wisconsin and around the world and having fun talking with on Milwaukee's Matt Miller. We talked about Golden Globes. We talked about Milwaukee film. But what I really liked about Golden Globes is anytime you get to see a homer and Matt, we got to see two Wisconsin actors on stage accepting as part of the cast of the movie Poor Things. I was going to say two in the exact same movie with Mark Ruffalo. And uh, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, I believe from Kenosha, and then uh, Appleton's own Willem Dafoe. Uh, Nice to see them both on stage. I think there's a very good chance we will see them also at the Oscars, uh, on the Oscars nomination list for Best Supporting Actor, uh, In hopefully when the nominations come out in about two weeks. But yeah, it's, it's really nice seeing them get some shine, and especially... You know, Willem Dafoe is having such a career renaissance right now. Not that his career was ever in in a bad place, but I I feel like there's such an appreciation for the stuff he's doing in very odd movies, like stuff like The Lighthouse and The Florida Project, which is a lovely little movie, and, you know, now in Poor Things, which is a very odd movie in its own right. Um, So it's really nice to see him get appreciation, and Mark Ruffalo as well, kind of getting out of the Marvel situation and reminding everyone that he's a really good actor outside of those comic book movies. Which shows his versatility, and also I I love that Willem Dafoe seems like such... I mean, both of them seem like really nice guys, but to see Willem Dafoe play such menacing characters and intense characters, like you say in The Lighthouse, and when he first came to popularity in Platoon and people, he got on people's radars and nominated for an Academy Award, but he seems like such a genuinely nice guy. He, he It's amazing. Like, he has such a particular face. It is, you know, you forget that a big part of movie stardom is a face. It's having a face that set, that is that feels unique, that feels special, that can convey so many emotions. And he can be so friendly on screen. He can, as people always joke on the Internet, he can be Willem Dafoe or he can be Willem Dafriend. Um, <laughs> I mean... I didn't even I, see I, that coming, Matt. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember my first Willem Dafoe movie was the original Spider-Man. And you kind of forget how perfect he is in that movie where, you know, he is a great villain and he's kind of the perfect level of camp for what Sam Raimi is going for in that original Spider-Man movie. Cause we've seen a lot of superhero movies where, you know, you go too far over the top or you don't lean into it enough, or you feel like you're doing some half measures. And Willem Dafoe totally gets the wavelength that that movie is on. And he's a part of the reason why that turned into 
the smash that turned superhero movies kind of into a monster. And he's, he's incredible. He's a great actor. And I also love that he did a, an interview today that talked about, you know, the state of streaming and the entertainment business. And I think he's totally right on this, that streaming has been bad for interesting movies. Sure, you have Netflix and Amazon wanting to, you know, support directors and make those films. But the problem is people don't go to streaming to watch challenging, interesting movies. They go to streaming like I go to streaming, which is to watch lighthearted stuff, to watch their favorite sitcoms, to watch silly things. I've been watching Top Chef all these past three weeks instead of watching all the the Oscar nomination movies that I should be watching. Very comforting. Yes, when you're at home, you want to watch your silly entertainment. When you go to a movie, you are committing to watching and committing to to kind of letting a movie do what it wants to do. And so I think he's totally right about the industry. I think he's a great actor, and I'm glad to say that we get to claim him as one of ours here in Wisconsin. And as any great actor, even part of Wes Anderson films, uh, as any great actor, he's finally, finally gotten his own Hollywood Walk of Fame star just yesterday. I cannot imagine a more deserving person. We we also forget he's one of the key people behind the Milwaukee Fringe Festival, which is a really cool little kind of independent festival in Milwaukee that does a lot of kind of different art and kind of, as the title of the festival uh, says, kind of, you know, kind of more fringe artwork and kind of more exploratory artwork. And I, I think that's awesome that he still does have a connection here to Wisconsin. He, he hasn't forgotten his roots. Yeah, those Theater X days back with Victor DiLorenzo of Violent Femmes. Those roots, yes. those roots in Wisconsin stand strong. Well, Matt, thank you so much for the time tonight. And I love uh, chatting with you. I might talk with you more as these award seasons, uh, nominations and the shows go on. Many more chats to come. Much more to talk about. All right. Stay safe in the snow. That is you Matt. As well. Thank you. That is Matt Miller from On Milwaukee. A charming moment from the Golden Globes by an Irishman who starred in Oppenheimer. And for Fun Outdoors, Granite Peak General Manager Greg Fisher checks in on the status of the snow on the slopes. That is in the next half hour of What's on Tap. I am Sandy Max. Thanks for listening. If you're driving, take it slow and easy in the snow as it continues to fall. And I just chatted about the best and worst moments of last Sunday's Golden Globes Awards with On Milwaukee's Matt Miller. And uh, we were talking about Wisconsin Appleton's very own Willem Dafoe and how he was on stage because he's now uh, part of the cast of the movie Poor Things, which won an award. So it was cool to see Willem Dafoe and also Wisconsin actor uh, Mark Ruffalo up on stage. And we were talking about... Willem Dafoe also got an official star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So his year is off to a great start. Hopefully he'll get nominated for other awards. Uh, but Jessica Gatzo from the WTMJ Newsroom, uh, you overheard us talking about Willem Dafoe. And you're like, I-, I have a story about Willem Dafoe. Do you have a brush with Willem? I do. I, I got to fist bump him at my college graduation. That's right. He yes. was in town. Yes, it was in May of 2022 when UW-Milwaukee wanted to honor him. Because that is where he kind of started out with his acting career at the Peck School. How yeah. fun. Did you just kind of get to do a, did you accept and then fist bump? How does the fist bump come about? <laughs> yeah, it was It was when we were rocking across the stage. So I think it was just before we received our diploma. Like he was one of the people in line with like chancellor and vice chancellor and other people. Dressed in his so, cap yep, and gown yep, and the whole the, bit. The whole robes and everything. He was obviously the distinguished speaker for the, the graduation. But this perpetuates my perception of him that all around nice guy can be menacing on screen, but really genuinely Midwestern nice. Yes. Well, I'm glad you got a brush with fame. Thank you for sharing.
That is fabulous. And the other big movie that was really a big winner um, that even Matt Miller's like expect to hear Oppenheimer in a lot more nominations. Uh, One of my favorite moments came from Killian Murphy, the Irish actor who became known for a show called Peaky Blinders, which is a British crime show set in the early 1900s. And he's likely also going to be a name you're going to hear nominated for film awards because he starred in Oppenheimer. And producer Aaron... You're not a voting member of any film academy as far as I know. but I, not, not as far as I know either. I respect your opinion. What is your review of Oppenheimer? Uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, boy. Well, where do I start? Well, I'd say it's a top three movie all time for me. Wow. I went to the theaters and, you know, got the whole experience. It's about a three-hour movie. And let me tell you, I felt like it could have been five and I would have loved it. <gasps> really? It was so good. Oh, you are all in. Yes, completely. It was by far one of the, my favorite movies that I've seen, you know, in the last however many years. Were you as impressed with Killian Murphy's performance? as the Golden Globes voters seem to be? Oh, yeah. And In fact, the second I saw it, I, I told my girlfriend and my parents at the time, I, I said, that's going to win him every award it could possibly win him because he was just incredible. I mean, just top to bottom and incredible performance. And it wasn't even just him, you know, Robert Downey Jr., um, you know, everybody else. It was a great supporting cast, a bunch of stars in there, and they all did an amazing job. It was great. Well, excellent. Well, I hear the phone ring, and it sounds like you <laughs> sounds like we have another Oppenheimer fan calling in on the uh, old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. You're always welcome to be a part of the conversation here at WTMJ. And uh, Killian Murphy won the Golden Globe Award. And give a listen to the highlights of his charming acceptance speech. There was hugging and kissing at his table when he was announced as the winner and he made his way to the stage. Oh boy, a first question, do I have lipstick all over my nose? Uh, I'm just gonna leave it. Um, I knew the first time that I walked on uh, a Chris Nolan set that it was different. I could tell by the level of uh, rigor, the level of focus, the level of dedication. The complete lack of any seating options for actors. <laughs> that it was, I was in the hands of a visionary director. And we had the most incredible ensemble cast in this movie. There was magic, and some of them are here today. Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Gary Oldman. Thank you for carrying me and holding me through this movie. Um, thank you too. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Donna Langley and everyone at Universal for believing in this movie from the very beginning. Uh, Oh, to all all my fellow nominees, if you're Irish or not, you're all legends. You're stunning work. I salute you. Um, To all my my reps, all my team, uh, thank you so much. You're the best. Uh, To my family, I'm the luckiest man. Uh, Love you. Thanks so much, guys. Gillian Murphy accepting the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Drama for his role in Oppenheimer. And I just love when you see an Irish person or a British person just killing the American accent. I would have had no idea if I didn't know his past. And Gillian Murphy from Cork County in Ireland. And uh, I'll be in that part of Ireland You're welcome to join me on this trip in May with WTMJ fans. We're going to stay at the Hayfield Manor Hotel after we visit Blarney Castle and the Cove Heritage Center. And Cove, another historic space because it's on the south coast of Ireland, a historic harbor town. It is the last port of call for the Titanic. So if you love history, culture, this is the trip to go on. I'd love to send you a brochure, sandy at WTMJ.com, S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com through Steve Bertrand Travel. We're going to have a great time in Ireland. An Irish Spring, May 4th through the 12th. 
Sandy at WTMJ.com. Let me get you that brochure so you can daydream about green while we have all the white stuff coming down. From Ireland to the winter wonderland here in Wisconsin where you can have fun on the slopes now that the snow is here. Strap on your snowboards and ski boots. Granite Peak General Manager Greg Fisher joins us next on News Radio 620 WTMJ. For those of you who have been wishing for snow all December, we have it now. And there is fun to be had once you get past clearing out the driveway, the sidewalks, and the stairs. I'm Sandy Max, and on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, I am joined by Granite Peak General Manager Greg Fisher. Welcome to What's on Tap, Greg. How are you feeling on this first snowy day of 2024? Uh, it's great to see the white stuff on the ground. I'm super excited um, to finally uh, have Mother Nature kind of kick in the gear for our winter here. Did you have a line getting in today at Granite Peak? Uh, we, had, we had a good amount of people that were, were out here. We're, we're skiing until about 9 o'clock tonight. And definitely there's a lot of kids and uh, a lot of folks here are enjoying the night skiing for sure um, tonight because it, it did pick up a little bit later on in the afternoon. And where exactly is Granite Peak located? So we're in uh, Rib Mountain. We're actually on the Rib Mountain State Park, which is right outside of Wausau, Wisconsin. And legendary. Tell me about that word and why it is an important part of the Granite Peak experience. Yeah, so Granite Peak's been around since 1937. Uh, It started off as the Rib Mountain Ski Area and was uh, one of the oldest ski areas in the country, believe it or not. Um, It was actually started by Fred Paps, which is associated to the Paps PBR Brewing Company. I say we know that and, name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, did, it dates back quite quite some time. And um, so rather than say old, we like to say legendary because a lot of the things here at Granite Peak these days are a lot more modern than say necessarily an old ski resort. We got three high speed chairlifts here, modern, um, really efficient, one of the more powerful snowmaking systems in all of the Midwest here. So that's why we talk about uh, the ski in here being a little bit more uh, legendary than say Ulf. That's, that's a good where that came around. That's a good word. It's a, it's nice to be a legend and are are you a lifelong skier? I'm not a lifelong skier. Um, I grew up in uh, in New York on uh, Long Island and uh, actually went to college in, in Western Massachusetts. And that's kind of how I got into the, the ski industry side of things. I had a roommate from Vermont and he grew up skiing and he, he kind of brought me up to the mountains. And ever since uh, I was 20 years old, I've been in the ski industry. What is one of your favorite parts of Granite Peak? Do you have a favorite spot or a favorite run? I do. Uh, I have some some favorite runs. Um, Elk is one of my favorites, which we just opened last weekend. We have another trail on the west side. It's called Legends, which uh, will probably open here a week from now uh, as we as we get some more snowmaking and colder weather coming into town, as as well as some natural snow that's finally coming um, coming down the pipeline. So. Uh, those are two of my favorite runs here, but uh, we have, you know, a wide variety of trails, and I just enjoy going skiing. I have two young boys. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and um, both are pretty accomplished skiers, so we 
pretty much go all over the place. They're starting to get more and more into terrain parks, which uh, um, they tend to go to more often. And I'm 45, almost 45 years old, and I don't do jumps anymore. <laughs> it's fun to watch other people do them. I'm, I told exactly. you, I'm an apres ski, hot chocolate by the fire kind of gal. So I enjoy uh, watching and, and going down the, the smaller runs. But you have a couple of sister resorts as well. So you could ski outside of Wausau. Absolutely, yeah. So um, Granite Peak is just one of three areas under the Midwest Family Ski Resort brand. Uh, our sister resort up in the Upper Peninsula of uh, Michigan is called Snow River Mountain Resort. Uh, we purchased this a couple of years ago. Uh, it was used to be called the Indian Head and Blackjack Ski Resorts, and we've um, transformed it into Snow River. Dumped a ton of money up into into this property. It's, it's pretty much been renovated um, from everything from inside of the the lodging facility to the chalet, and we just put in a brand new six pack chairlift there which is the only one in the in the up that will bring you up um it's like a three minute lift ride and it's fantastic it's a beautiful lift um superior is gorgeous that's that's good i mean i I remember going up in september and seeing the mountain bike trails that are steep and precarious so i can only imagine what the skiing can be like yeah the skiing up there i mean and with the lake effect snows that they get um it just continuously snows and, and December has been mild. It's been a little bit of a weird winter, but we're starting to see because Lake Superior is a little bit warmer. Now that the cold has kind of set in, they continuously are getting, you know, a couple inches here, a couple inches there, and it just continues to pile up. And, um, you know, Northern Wisconsin, uh, Upper Peninsula, and then into, into Minnesota, you know, it just stays cold. So the snow doesn't go anywhere. And then we have our sister resort, um, which is in Minnesota, and that's called Luton Mountain. Um, that is a is up really on the north shore of Lake Superior. And talk about gorgeousness! You drive up there along Lake Superior, you have these beautiful views, and then Lake Superior, and then uh, Luton with its gondola and its lifts, you have these massive, beautiful views of the Sawtooth Mountains on one side. And then Lake Superior on the other. So, um, so yeah, we're we're you know Mother Nature is taking its time to kind of kick around, but we're still having a very very good uh, ski season thus far. And it looks like there's more snow on the way at the end of this week, and who knows what else we'll get in January. But uh, I know a lot of people have been itching to get out and play in the snow. What's the best website to go to to find out uh, the runs and what's open at Granite Peak? Well, at Granite Peak, it's skigranitepeak.com. At Snow River, it's snowriver.com. And then at Luton, it's luton.com. So all three of those places will give you all the insights that you need to know, uh, whether it's it's natural snow coming in or snowmaking and opportunities for all sorts of fun on the hill. And I'm going to tell you what I like about the skigranitepeak.com site is you have webcams. (laughs) So you can watch people (laughs) ski as well (laughs) and see just what the snow is like there. It's much more fun to do it in person in front of a fireplace with a cocktail which or a hot chocolate, whatever you like, and we have that perfectly here. So, Sandy, you got to make your way out here. I would love to. Wausau is calling my name this winter. I hear it. Greg Fisher, General Manager at 
Granite Peak. Thank you so much. I wish you a happy winter. And we may check in with you again to see how the uh, slopes are going at Granite Peak and your sister resorts. I'd love that. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks, Greg. And a song for the snowfall and for the people who have to work in it. That's the song you need to hear next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. Well, I was inspired today by a band that's got a good name. For snowplow drivers, salt truck drivers, first responders, the band's name, Snow Patrol. And this is their song, Chasing Cars, a WTMJ. We'll do it all, everything, on our own. We don't need anything or If I lay here, if I just lay I'm Sandy. Thanks for listening. WTMJ News is next.